0: The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There was a famous goin who lived in Yerushalayim, the Terez Chesed. He was the, he he the Lublinerov. He settled later in Yerushalayim. Malmish Kol Rosloy, honestly, they wrote about him. I think the Malbim wrote about him when he was a, a young bacher. he never seen such a goin in all his life. And he told the Mises, as they were so poor in his house, they owned nothing. It was one treasured thing they had in the house. They had a Sefer Yichas that went back to David HaMelech. It was a parchment that showed all the generations. And that was their prized possession in the family. It says one day he was looking through this, this, the letter that had the whole Seder HaYichas. The next day it was gone. His mother tore it up. She said, if that's taking you away from Yelimad Tair, I don't want it in the house. That was Hamol the Hasogah, the Hashivas, How precious teira and time for teira was. Reval Yashiv, Zoh Zain at Rebbitzin Ola who was most than nefesh her whole life for his Torah, there were Magadla, I think it's ten children, eleven children in a one-bedroom apartment in Mea Sha'orim. She didn't let him for a moment worry about anything in Olam Hazeh. Say so one of the children was once in an accident, she wouldn't tell him about it until the child was back from the hospital. Everything was fine. So she shouldn't even have to have a diag and take him away from his learning. When Rebbitzin Eliashev was holding by Yitzias Neshomer, Reb came to her, her bedside. To be there at the moment of p'tira, and she saw him coming into the room and she said go go back to learn i don't want you here don't need you here and eva went back to his shir. and they came in later 15 minutes later told him that the Rebetzin was nifty now you can imagine rebitzim el yashev who one certainly can say gave away her life for her husband's tail who did everything she could that he should become the Goyen and the Poysek Ador that he is. So, is Certainly, everyone would have understood that she's entitled that Yetzias Neshama, she should have this gobble standing there. But she didn't want that because I could have some more Teile. And he understood it too. Avada, for regular people, it could be a Goyen, it would be an Achzorius. But when you're living in their world, in the world where really we're margish, what Torah means, that's so much more, it's so much more giving away to it's so much more of a gift. That's the world, that's the Eirech, in the lives of Tamidah Chachomim. There was a Yid, a very, very Choshev, Rav, and askin, who accomplished extraordinary things for Klal Yisra. And he once went to visit the Chazinish, and he was discussing with the Chazanish his various activities and his accomplishment. The Chazanish said, ah, Mammish, unbelievable the things that you've done, you've done for the Klal, half of a fella. But why don't you just go take a look in the next room. There's a younger man sitting there. Take a look at him. This is my nephew, the Chaim Take a look at him. Because everything that you've accomplished still doesn't compare to what he's doing. Then take a look at him now. Because who knows in the Olim or and who's going to be able to see him? So take a good look at him now. So if we understand, we have a halacha for Torah, we are it, and we want more of it. We want people around us. We want our mishpachas to have it. We want it to give to. We want to be magz. We want it to be mechazikit. And if we have a Hashivas to Torah, we come to the next step. We come to ahava Torah We love Torah, Hashem. We love Talmud Chachomim. We love those who are oisik and Torah, connected to Torah. We have an, a habit to them. There's a story told when the K'zois HaKhoshin wrote his Chibet, the Helege and he was then an unknown young Talmud Chacham. and he came, I think the Yeshua Yankiv was the Rav, either in Lemberg or Lvov, I don't remember, and he came to get a Haskome from the Yeshua Yankiv, and he brought him the K'zav Yad, and the Yeshua Yankiv says, okay, go, I have to look it over. You should find yourself a place to sleep, and he uh, found some inn, some hotel, some, place to sleep there in the town. And the Yeshua Yankiv took the Ksav Yad to look at it. The next morning the Ksav wakes up and he hears music in the streets. And he looks out the window and there are musicians playing and there's a crowd and they're holding a chuppah and the Yeshua Yankiv is holding the Ksav Yad of the and he's dancing under the chupa with tears streaming down his face towards the place where the Ksav was sleeping. Ahava Satoire, Yeshua's Yankev saw that there was a piece of Mesoire Satoire, there was a Yetzirah, that he's ye not going to harbor in a And his as Ahava was so intense he could only express it by, by dancing in the street from joy. There was some bachrim who on their way to Yeshiva, I forgot which one of the Yeshivas in the litter, was near the town of Dvinsk. And there was sometimes, there were Bachim where instead of going to Yeshiva, there was an Indian, there were two, two or three Bachim would go for his man to learn Bechavrus with the Arsameach. And this story was told over by one of, I think Rav Bax from Detroit, told it over from his uncle who had the schus to spend the winter learning with the Arsameach and they said they were sitting and learning, they came to a difficult time, so they didn't know Pshat. And the Arsameach said, let's go, let's daven. Let's daven a Baruch Hu who should give us a havas ator. He said, "Rebbe, why, I have, why shouldn't we just in The Bereshitim should tell us pshat and the Tosfos. Why do we have to him for a haToyer?" He said, "I'll tell you." He says, "Imagine. He says sometimes you have a little baby is given over to a babysitter, and the baby's crying, and nobody knows what the baby wants. Try to give him a bottle. You try to give him some food. Anything. You you pick him up. You shake him. Nothing happens. The mother walks in. In one second, she knows what the baby wants, and she calms the baby down. says, what's the pshat?' Because when you love someone very much." you understand what that person is saying to you. If we have proper Ahavas Satir, we understand what the Torah is talking to us. We understand what the Torah is telling us. If we want to understand the Torah, we need to misspell the Rebbein Shalom she's given to us. Ahavas HaToyer. Ahavas HaToyer means, like there was a maister of Aaron Mitavrig, when the great Goine Littor, who there was a curfew when they were under the Russian occupation, and you weren't allowed to have any lights on, because they said you would be signaling, signaling the enemy. And he was learning, he was harving in a Rambam, and he had a candle on, and the soldiers caught him, and they brought him out to be shot. And as they were about to kill him, he said, Could you please give me 15 more minutes to live? I almost have shot on the Rambam. Now we are so far removed, but at least to, we should, at least be on the madrega to understand what he felt. To, to, to ligue, sometimes to have the to lig in a sugi once, and know what it feels like if I just had 15 minutes to get shot. I would understand what he felt. Ahava <laughs> satoyr. There's some soif in his final moments of life, when his talmidim and his children were gathered. He said, "Just say words of Torah. Say Mishnaya, Say Gemara. Just say words of Torah. That's all I want to hear." There was Eden Yerushalayim, Rabbi Yosef Castel. He was a zok and I remember him. Noch. He was a, Slonim, a, Chassid, a very old man, and he had been, he had traveled, he had seen g'dayle oylam, and he used to, Bachem used to come and he used to tell over who from the gedolim that he saw. And once he told over, that he heard from the Debrey Shmuel, from the Slana Marebbe, who knew the Beis HaLevi. And he said the Beis HaLevi once stood for six hours, just saying over and over again, Omar Abayah, Omer Abaye, Omer Not because he was, not because he, for no other reason that he was so overcome with Ahava, he couldn't continue. He couldn't rise from the Omer Abaye. This is Ahava Sartorah. That is really an hour in the Shamas It was a year who lived in Yerushalayim. Rabbi Mert chaleib his name was. was imas, he lived in Sharei Chesed. Say When the Bochum would be coming home from Yeshiva, learning late at night, he was going to start his day. He say, oh, you're ending. I'm just starting. And he had storm. So, with He began with, with Mishnayas, then Gemara, then Ian, then Bikias, then he went into Kabbalah, and to Drush. Say his day was full, full, full of limonatoire. He had twelve children, he lost eleven of them, Bechayov. He had one son who survived, At least, in Yerushalayim. And somebody asked him, How are you able how are you able to live? Such tsur, such soon," that he went through besides Danius and the dark. He says, How how could how could you walk around with with such tsar? He said, Tsar? Ich washmek in honeigansatog, I'm bathing in honey all day. Because he's living in a different world. In the world of Abayi, of in the world of Toisves, in the world of the Rishon, in the world of the Achroinim. That's the Ganeiden. That's there when a person goes into the world of Limudat Torah, whatever it is. And that's the way one has to enter Torah, even if his Torah is only for an hour a day. But when he's there, he has to be there washing himself, bathing in honey. and Then he doesn't need anything. There was once a very wealthy man who came to Yerushalayim, and the Ashkenazim wanted him to give a donation to the yeshiv. They brought him into the Yerushalayim Harav to Shmuel Salant, and he was just about to begin his meeting, and a younger man walked in, and Shmuel Salant turned, turned away from this wealthy man, and he went into a lengthy discussion with this younger man. Meantime, the fellow got very insulted, and he walked away. This is what I was about. I came here for a visit with the Yerushalayim Rav and he talked to this fellow. So the Askanim felt that they had lost a golden opportunity. They were able to get a donation, and he was insulted. So a group went down to the hotel where he was standing. They said, we want to show you something. I want to take you I want to show you who that young man was. And they take him to an alley in Meisharim. And there's, you know, there's a basement under the ground. There's a little bit of a window sticking out. And he says, go look into that window. It's about supper time. And he sees this fellow, this young man, is sitting at his table. And around the table are about seven or eight children. And there's a little plate full of olive oil. And there's a few pieces of bread. And they're dipping the bread into the oil and giving each child a piece of bread. And that was supper. After supper, he gives out sudurim and all together they begin to bench with a Moir singing the benching. All of them together with such a simcha, it, like it looked like the whole basement was lit up. After benching, each one of the children took out a different seif. The older one took out a Gemara, the next one a Mishnaya's, the next one a Chumash, till the last, the youngest one, took out Olive Bays. And they all start learning of coil He's saying the gemara. He's saying Aleph base, Gimel Dalad, and this is for an hour and a half. He's standing and he's watching. it's never saw such a sight in his life. And then the tiny one with the olive base fell asleep. And the father got up and he took him. He put him in one corner of the room and he covered him over. The next one fell asleep. He put him in another corner until they all fell asleep, and they were all put in different corners of the room. And the father was sitting and learning mamish like he was in Shemaim. And this Gvir was sitting looking in that window, transfixed. He could. He could. He never saw such a thing. The next day he went to Shmuel Salant and he said, I saw something. I, I can't believe such a thing could exist. I want to support. I want to have the to support this man. I want to help him out. He should be able to have some sort of a life. The so Shmuel Salant started laughing. You want to help him? Look, I'll try. I'll ask him. So he called the young man. He said, There's a yid who wants to help you out. We can, help me out. So he said, what am I missing? I have everything I need. Life couldn't be more beautiful. I'm living in Eden. The world of Hashem. And we have to, even though it sounds like madragas, but in a small way, we can attach ourselves to such madragas. The baron used to love about his father, his father, Abshnei Azalman. So his father was a seicher a in materials and textiles. And there was a time when that business was terribly, terribly down. And he had no panosim. And he had a seder before davening. was a few hours. And just during that time there was a seder, somebody came, a very big buyer, wanted to buy a huge amount of cloth from him. And his wife, as Rebbitzin, came knocking on the door, and she said, if somebody wants to buy." A bin, he said, "I'm sorry, if you can wait till after my Seder, fine. If not, he should Rebbeinu will give me panasa otherwise." And he would not come out, because he knew in the time that he had to learn. That time, I'm in a different world. And the children absorbed that, and they saw that, and they saw what the Hashibis of Torah was. There was a Yid, <laughs> Reb de Blinder. He was called. He lived in Brisk. He was called Abdavid the Blind. He was a malamed. Why was he called Abdavid the Blind Man? He was such a Kaddish, Whenever he walked in the streets, he would walk with his eyes closed. He didn't want to see a Rio Asur. So they called him the Blind Abdavid. And he had a cheder where he learned with children. And he was a very yid. Every Friday, he would ask a kasha and send the boys home. They had to come back with the terrets, And whoever got a Teretz would get up as three kopecks. So once, Rab Chaim was a little boy. And he sent him on with a kasha. And he asked his father, the base Halevi, and he came home with the terets, and, ah, for that terrace your father earns 10 rubles a, 10 rubles a month. For that terrace that type of salary, you should give a better terrest. So he was the Sharifah man. Al-Koponim, when the Gezer Nebuch of the came when the Russian government was snatching, was kidnapping Jewish children off the streets, it was a danger to get together. But he kept going. He had a sheida and he would hide, and they would learn together. And anybody saw a policeman coming, they would, they, would, they, would, they would run. And one day, it was one of these policemen looking for Jewish children, passed by, and he hears the koil hatay, he realizes there's a sheida here. And he runs in and he tries to grab one of the children of David went over and gave him a smack in the face. The fellow ran out. And fashtetzech was a chutzpah smacking. A soldier of the czar was considered an insult to the czar. And they had to use all sorts of protects to free him to get him out of trouble. Eventually they got him out of trouble. And the Beis Salevi called him and said I don't understand Rabbi where did you take the chutzpah to do such a thing? You weren't afraid? He said what chutzpah? We were in the middle of a toy he had a chutzpah to disturb I smacked him. They say Reb Dovid's Enikil once came to the Chavetz Chaim. Chaim. says, Ah, you're an Enikil Reb Dovid will blinder. That smack that he gave to the Russian soldier will stand for his Enikil until Mashiach. Until there's man of Mashiach. But the Musig realized that even though we live in a world of Tirdis, when we're in Torah, we're in a different world. Somebody told me this week, unbelievable Maise, here, the Ravin, the Satmer Kehil in Monsi, Reb Halbishtam, was on a trip now to the Ukraine. There was a Yid from Manchester, it was a Moyle, who goes around in these different cities in Russia. He does bris And he asked him, Rav Halbishtham asked him, what mysterious Nefesh he's seen in Russia. He says, I'll tell you, there's one thing I saw that just can't get out of my mind. So they had to go to a very, very far off city, a place that's completely off the beaten track. And there's many Yidin who live there, but it's so difficult. The Yiddishkeit there is mamish, there's nothing. It had to do a bris there. And for some reason, he came into the shul. And I come into the shul, and I see there's a crowd of people there. And I asked them, what time, when are you davening? I said, davening? What, we don't know how to daven. What's davening? What do you mean, what's davening? So, you know, what, what are you doing here? I said, look, there's two things. There's coming to shul, and there's davening. We don't know how to daven. Doesn't mean we're not going to come to shul. So the whole Oilam comes together three times a day in shul and stares at the walls, wishing they knew how to daven. That's Midas Hamalchus. That's the Gaba coalition we spoke about. I wish I wish I could know more. I wish I could learn more. I wish I had more time. I wish I had more, more, more Menuchas and nefesh. That's a maysa by the Rabbinic Halakha. The Rabbinic Halakha wants that kheishak and that rotsein. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire. dot org.